Yes, it's Horns Up time and today's episode has Peter smiling ear to ear. And that's because we have Nate Garrett from Spirit Adrift on the show. Peter, Horns Up is making dreams come true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, you know, with Spirit Adrift uh, releasing their new album today, uh, I had to kind of take the chance of, you know, dropping an email to their PR and yeah, we got them on board so it was kind of great to have uh, Nate on horns up and chat with him about their latest album yep the new album does release on 16th October or has released on 16th October I don't know whenever you guys are listening to this and so as we normally do check it out and then come back and listen to horns up because we can promise you that you'll learn a thing or two and if you've already done that well what are we waiting for let's fucking go Hi, Nate. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? We are okay. Uh, as okay as okay can be in these weird times. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, th- things are kind of opening up here, but uh, I'm, I'm not leaving home. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand, man. We're, uh, my, my wife and I moved um, across the country on March 1st, actually, to... Oh, wow. To Texas, yeah, uh, just a couple of weeks before everything sort of locked down, and so we're we're just now kind of uh, getting out and sort of checking out our community and that sort of thing. But it still feels really strange. Yeah, yeah that yeah, it does. Totally imagine. So uh, before we get into the music, uh, while I was doing you know research for this interview uh, i came across your uh, short-lived podcast which is riffs and fists so <laughs> quick question uh, do you train mma or were you only watching and the hence the name um i've been kind of a fan of boxing and mma uh, my whole life uh, i just recently started training about a year and a half ago uh, just boxing uh, and I've done a very, very small amount of jujitsu. I was going to get into jujitsu this year, but obviously uh, yeah. probably not, not a good year to try to do that. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, growing up, my, my best friend was a golden gloves boxer uh, when we were very young. And so I got into boxing through him and then later got into MMA. Um, and yeah, I just, I just started formally training last year uh boxing and so now i just kind of i kind of train myself at home because i you know there's some gyms open around here but i really don't i don't want to i don't want to do that just yet so i i just kind of watch videos and train myself on the bag here at home and shadow boxing and that sort of thing okay i wish like we could talk mma at length but uh yeah not that kind of interview this time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe some other time. I'll, I'll start my podcast back up and I'll call you guys. We yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. So, you know, let's let's dive uh, straight into the album, right? I mean, from the first song itself, right into the night. I mean, one of the things that struck me while I was listening to it, when I got the promo copy, is that while the sound is something that we're familiar with, there's a different I mean, I could sense a different energy on the track, right? I mean, uh, immediate reactions were, you know, the doom elements have kind of been shed. This is now straight up heavy metal. 
was this like an intentional move uh, is there a sort of statement that you're trying to make uh, with the album there is kind of uh, uh, nobody's asked me if there's a statement i'm trying to make it, it's never been phrased to me in that way um, and my immediate gut reaction was yeah there is especially with that song in particular um, but i don't think it was intentional at first i think it became intentional uh after the song sort of presented itself if that makes sense um that's the first song i wrote for this album and uh i didn't not only did i not intend to make a new album i actually actively did not want to make a new album but every time i was picking up my guitar i was coming up with these really cool riffs uh and again that was the first song so those were the first riffs that were kind of coming to fruition and uh once once a few of those riffs presented themselves i sort of realized like oh this is like a an unapologetic heavy metal album opener like it sounded mm -hmm. it sounded like a really aggressive in your face like victorious sounding classic sort of opening track and so Uh, that song sort of unlocked the themes and the, the, the musical themes and the lyrical themes of the album. I, I just kind of had this vision of these people on horseback riding away from, from a victorious battle. Uh, and, you know, the, the lyrics and the album art and sort of the vibe of the album all kind of came together organically as I was writing that first song. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that kind of now puts in, things into a lot more perspective. But, you know, you've mentioned in another interview, and I quote you, you said the concept of the album is life and death and trying to figure out how to deal with the reality that's constantly trying to kill you or get you to kill yourself. I mean, could you just tell us a bit more about or dive in a little more about this concept? I mean, was there any specific incident or incidents that inspired the concept? Yeah, I mean, basically my whole life, man. Uh, and and every Spirit of Drift album at its core is dealing with just the biggest questions that that we can ask as humans about, you know, the nature of existence, the nature of the universe, uh, what this all means, where we fit into it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm dealing with all of that sort of stuff from different perspectives, you know, uh, the first couple of albums were kind of tragic and, and from the, the deeply personal perspective and then divided by darkness was kind of more uh, like a call to arms. It was a lot more angry and, uh, you know, discontent at the current state of humanity and the current state of uh, whatever politics and society in the world. This one, um, I, I wrote these songs during a window in time when I was feeling really good. My life was mm -hmm. great. I, I had a lot of inner peace. Uh, I would even venture to say I was feeling like pretty happy uh, just in general. And so the material that came out was this sort of joyful, triumphant, uh, feeling kind of like invincible, to, you know, like how 
how Judas Priest or Iron Maiden or Dio make you feel. You know, you listen to that music, you just feel like you want to accomplish something. You just feel unstoppable. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, the, the difference with this album is I'm looking at those really difficult dilemmas of uh, dealing with uh, past trauma and dealing with uh, maybe challenges with mental health or, or spiritual health or, or whatever. But instead of focusing on the problem, I feel like this album, I'm focusing on the solution. And there's a mm. lot more positivity. There's a lot more hope of, yeah, things are difficult, but we, we can crush these challenges and these obstacles together, you know? That, that, that statement really shows and shines on this record. It is uplifting. It is triumphant. It is empowering. It is a lot of hope. And it's something that we really need this year, oddly enough. So the question really is, did the news of the pandemic influence your writing process at all? I mean, I don't know if you wrote this, uh, if you wrote any bits of it, uh, at all did you think uh you know when you when uh, the pandemic the, or the news rather spread around the world uh did you want to like make any changes or anything of that sort to the songs knowing well that you know maybe this could be some sort of hopeful medicine for all of us that you would think so you would think that that's the case and a lot of people ask me that because it uh -huh. seems it seems to be too appropriate but that's the scary thing about the spirit of drift is there's so much synchronicity and there's so many things that have happened with the band that seem like it's almost premonition type of stuff because I wrote all of the lyrics way before I had ever even heard of coronavirus. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. And I, I think it was before it was even really a thing. I'm not exactly sure when, when things started happening in China, but I mean, I finished the lyrics to the album in June of last year. So, wow. Oh okay. yeah. It, it's creepy, man, because, you know, I was toying around with album titles with the double E thing. And I was mm -hmm. going to use the word e evil, like evil is eternal or, or some shit <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I was just like, I felt like I was forcing it. I was like, this is not how I'm feeling. Yeah. You don't want to go the anvil way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense. No offense to Steve Lips. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was just like, man, I don't feel evil. I don't feel like, you know. And so I went the other direction. And I, I kind of wanted to get away from the last album, which was Divided by Darkness, because it was just, it was so unpleasant to explore everything that's wrong with humanity nowadays. It, it was a very like daunting task to try to dive into that stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that again. I don't want to put myself through that again. So I decided to go with Enlightened in Eternity and go the other way because I was reading a lot of uh, very helpful, like, um, self-empowerment type of literature and, and uh -huh. uplifting spiritual texts and philosophical texts and that sort of thing. And I was like, that's way more of a reflection of where I am now. And then it just turns out that that's what I needed in my personal life. Shortly thereafter, I went, you know, went through some personal tragedy and the, the album 
themes kind of lifted me up and then coronavirus thing happened so it, it's it turns out the it was not it. planned <laughs> yeah the whole world exactly and it was not planned man it's just uh that's how things work with spirit adrift it's really it's creepy <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it <laughs> but thank, no, god, thank god it happened the way it did oh yeah 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 i'm i'm grateful for it for sure hmm Okay, now specifically, there's one track that really, uh, you know, caught our attention, which is the album Closer, Reunited in the Void. Uh, it definitely stands out from the album, not only because of its length, but uh, because it sounds so doomy and dark, right? Now, you've said, and uh, I quote, I quote, uh, I wanted to write a song uh, that's low, that's long, slow and doomy for all the people who kept saying we are not a doom band anymore. So my question really is, what else do people say about you or the band? And when can we expect more music that will basically tell them to fuck off? <laughs> Man, I, that's a good question. I, uh, I read all kinds of stuff that I, I just perplexes me. I mean, there's still, there's still people calling a stoner doom or <laughs> like all kinds of stuff. I, I don't get the stoner doom thing. I don't even get that when they apply it to high on fire because high on fire to me sounds like motorhead and Celtic frost and Judas priest. You Thank know, you. Yeah. I guess they get taken away by the high in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Or, or probably the fact that Matt was in sleep, you know, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. But dude, it, I, I, I read an interview with my friend George from Death Heaven and uh, yeah. another band he, he, who I really enjoy. Yeah, oh yeah, they're great and they're great people. I love those guys. Um, and he he put it better than I can, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something like, "You know, we never called ourselves black metal. You guys did that, and then you yes. guys got mad and argued yes. about it when we never said it in the first place." Yes. Um, <laughs> That's, a long, went on that's to... a long ongoing debate yeah <laughs> oh yeah it'll go on forever and you know yeah. they don't care they don't even look at it that way the guys in the band they just and that's what he said he said you know all my favorite bands they don't really fit into any one specific genre like opeth how would you classify a band like opeth they're just opeth um, correct <laughs> and that's that's how i feel about spirit adrift it just I write whatever I want to write at the time. If it happens to be slow and 10 minutes long, then that's, that's what that song is. If it happens to be really fast and four minutes long, then that's what that song is, but it's all spirit adrift. And I, you know, it doesn't really frustrate me anymore when people try to label us. I, I feel like it's more of, it's more of like a, embarrassing thing for the people that attempt to do it because i see that stuff and i'm like wow I, that's really far off from the truth <laughs> you know so <laughs> it, it doesn't really bother me anymore but i definitely plan on uh, further expanding the musical palette with every single album you know that's exactly. definitely going to continue awesome uh, so you know i i, I can't uh, talk to you without bringing up uh, divided by darkness i mean you know, the album was on the year-end list of many publications. Personally, it was my favorite album of last year. And oh, thank you. 
That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, we have it on record you... too. You can check out that episode <laughs> if you'd like. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 it's strange because Anamesh actually did mention a couple of times that we should get you on the podcast, and here we are. But uh, awesome. you know, post that, I mean, not only did you guys really, really break out, I would say, but you've also got signed to. in in terms of the metal scene at least a major label century media right who's uh, for the rest of the world did all of this kind of do you feel any pressure as a result of all of this while working on the material for enlightened in eternity no uh we were well i was done writing and demoing the album before we started talking to century media actually so uh we uh i i finished demo and everything in june of last year like i said and uh we went on tour in europe in september and we were talking to our guy over there our our tour manager and booking agent about possible labels and he was speaking very highly of century media so i emailed the european office and then we came back to the states we played a festival in california in in october of last year and right before we played the head of ANR at Century Media walked up and introduced himself and i just thought again like i was mentioning earlier what an odd synchronistic thing to happen hmm. um and i told him i said hey man i just i just emailed your guys over in germany and he said you emailed who and i said i emailed century media in germany and he said really and i was like yeah i haven't heard back from him yet and so he started communicating with them we started negotiating uh but the the album was pretty much it was already demoed it was already what it was going to be uh and as far as as far as pressure i i think my standards and my uh expectations for the quality of the music are a lot more strict and a lot more demanding than anyone else's in the world. So the only pressure that I ever feel is from myself, if that makes sense. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to please myself more than I am trying to please anyone else. Uh because I feel like I'm so picky with music and I'm so hard on myself that if I make something that I like odds are anybody else that it's intended for will probably think it's good too so yeah no no real external pressure ever with this band because there was no intention of any sort of success in any way uh so it's it's a very freeing approach that i i'm just making the music strictly for myself and if other people like it that's cool and if not that's cool too cuz i like it So yeah so you know you've said uh, also uh, in in previous interview and I think this is a while back where you said that you know I feel like every time I make an album it makes me a better person so you know do you feel the same after uh, now that you know the album is released what has changed i mean if you can if you can share with us yeah i i feel like i learn a lot about myself and what i'm capable of uh both musically and and just personally uh you know my wife and i had to 
put down our dog on January 2nd, which was very unexpected. And, uh, yeah, we, we went into the studio only a couple, probably nine, nine or 10 days after that. And I just, I, I was not sure how I was going to get through the process because I had to leave my wife at home alone for five days a week. Marcus and I went down to Tucson Monday through Friday. We would come home on the weekends. Uh, so it was just a really, really challenging situation. Um, and, and the fact that we made what I think is our best album and what's definitely my personal favorite album that we've done, despite those circumstances, uh, it really showed me what I'm made of, you know, like we were, we were talking about MMA earlier hmm. and fighters, fighters always say like, you don't really know who you are or what you're made of until you're in a fight. But I, I don't even think it has to be like a literal physical fight. I think it could be something like what I went through recording this album. And a lot of people would have given up. I think a lot of people would have canceled it. A lot of people wouldn't have done it. And, and I wouldn't blame anybody, but you know, I did it and I, I can always listen to this album and I can always look back on those memories and just uh, remind myself that I can probably get through anything that happens in my life, you know? Lovely. So having said that, um, we'd like to play a song from Enlightened and Eternity. Which one should we play and why that song? Well, we talked about Ride Into the Light first, and, and that one kind of is, that one keeps popping up in conversation, and uh, I, my wife thinks it might be her favorite song, and I, I think... That's what matters, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that one kind of like sets the mood for the whole album, so yeah, I would play Ride Into the Light.
you know there's a there's an old interview of yours in which you've said that a great band is one that you can listen to even 50 years later so i want to kind of talk about the permanence of the music as such is that something that's constantly used by you as a filter for what you end up writing and recording oh yeah absolutely absolutely i um I listen to a lot of different music, but the older I get, the more I start to realize most of what I listen to for pleasure is stuff that has either already withstood the test of time or stuff that pretty clearly probably will withstand the test of time. Uh, so, I mean, I don't listen to a whole lot of newer music because I feel like uh, in, in the current climate, people one year will say this is the best album of this year and then the next year they forgot that it existed so <laughs> uh yeah i mean I, the the goal is not to make the best album of the year the goal is to make like the best metal album ever that's always the goal and i you know i would never achieve that i think it's impossible to reach the standards of things like power slave just because of the resources that they had and basically like endless amount of money and stuff like that but that's what i'm striving for i want to make an album like power slave or screaming for vengeance or heaven and hell you know like i'm i'm trying to make the best metal album ever not of the year not of the decades so because i think that's if you're putting that much of your heart and soul and work ethic into an album that's the only way that it's going to have any sort of permanence you know mm. so yeah i'm i'm aiming very high and and most of what i listen to for pleasure is stuff that has already proven that it it withstood the test of time you know so i i want so, i want people to be listening to this stuff 50 years from now that that would be really cool i think that'll end up happening like definitely peter and i will be uh still rocking out to this at oh man that's cool well then i i did my job even if it's just you guys i did my job i'm i'm trust me i'm not saying this just because we're having this conversation but i think yeah i if i look back at my uh streaming stats or last fm or whatever i think born in fire i don't know how many times i think that's my most listened to song of last year and even this year that that's been one of those tracks uh, for me even yeah. though angel in abyss is like the ballad of the album but yeah awesome that's great to hear man yeah all right so to kind of wrap up one of the things i found about you other than you know the podcast was that you've been in 29 bands and this goes <laughs> all the way back to since you were in 8th grade right so you're pretty much like a lifer whether it comes to like music or metal but here's the thing what do you think you would be doing if you weren't a musician or like a metal musician for that matter ufc or bellator <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd i'd probably be in bellator <laughs> um, not not the ufc uh i could barely hack it in bellator i think how um, about uh no. wrestling <laughs> well you know, I was going to say, uh, my, my friend I was mentioning earlier, who was a Golden Gloves boxer, he was also a state champion wrestler in Oklahoma. 
um, which Oklahoma is a state that is very, very proud of its wrestling yeah. pedigrees. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man, if I had, if I had gotten into wrestling at an earlier age, honestly, like I, I could see myself being in martial arts because I'm just, it's a, it's the only other thing I'm as obsessed with as music. Um, but realistically, I've the only other things I have a sort of natural proclivity for in the same way that I do for music would be like writing um, or the field of psychology. And I actually, I went to, to college for a short while uh, in 2006 and the beginning of 2007. Uh, and I was, I was studying psychology. I was majoring in business at first and I didn't really like it. So I switched over to psychology and I, I just have a, I have a natural proclivity for that. And a lot of things that I thought were just common sense about human psychology, I've started to realize, no, I just, I guess I just have a deep natural understanding of the field. Um, so I, I would probably be doing something in the field of psychology, I guess. I, I feel like I would be good at like uh, criminal psychology or like maybe even working for the FBI or something like that. I don't, I don't know, something in that field. <laughs> it's a really bad segue <laughs> that I'm saying this, but hey, your music is definitely therapy for quite a lot of people. Oh man, no, that's a great segue. Good job. That, <laughs> and thank you. That's Dude, and maybe that's where that comes from is, you know, I, I think people who are flawed and have trauma and have uh, mental health issues maybe are, are drawn to the field of psychology to try to better understand their own issues. And I, I think that definitely is the case with me. And I think that that has, that has seeped into Spirit Adrift because I think it's in a, the whole the whole lyrical aspect of the band is an attempt to work through my own issues and maybe uh, by cause and effect, like help, help the listeners maybe work through their issues as well. So yeah, I hope, I hope it helps people. Awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's definitely true. And I think anyone who's kind of heard uh, any of your albums or seen the progression through uh, can definitely see it. So Thank, thanks so much, uh, Nate, for all your time. Uh, we really appreciate, uh, wish you all the success uh, and even more for Enlighten in Eternity. Thank you, guys. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It's, it's awesome to be talking to both of you. That's cool. I never expected to be doing a, a podcast with a couple of guys in India. So that's, <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Personally, so, I'm, uh, I'm, you know what I'm really excited about? I can't wait until you reach like the letter X. I want to see what you do with that. <laughs> Man, what am I going to do? <laughs> start, then start all over again for me. <laughs> yeah, go into numbers or, or maybe the Greek, the Greek alphabet or something. <laughs> On that note, Nate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. Yeah, have a good yeah, day. Yeah, of course. Horns up. Yeah, you, you too. Right on, guys. Take care. Peter, are you into MMA? 
uh, I used to be, you know, like the old school, uh, you know, the older fighters and all, not the current lot with, you know, Conan McGregor and all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, cool, cool. We're just uh, letting Nate know that, hey, you know what? Uh, if he ever decides to restart his podcast, he has a couple of boys from Bombay, India who can possibly help flesh out content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I yeah, I guess. That's enough Horns Up for now. You guys know where to find us. We're still at hornsuppod.com. And if you're on Twitter, we're at hornsuppod. I'm Arasmoani. And I'm at Trend Crusher. And this is Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs>